Just before we jump into today's podcast, Bark acknowledges the Bunurung people of the Kulin Nations as the traditional owners on the land in which this podcast was recorded. We thank them for nurturing the land, sea and community and recognise their contribution to the space we grow, play and create art. We pay our respects to their ancestors, both past and present, and to our shared future. We would like to extend that respect to all First Nations listeners. podcast um so for listeners out there you might notice that the voice speaking right now is quite a bit higher than the usual owen or harry who would usually be speaking right now that is because it is me ash the co-president at bark theater company um for those who have listened before you might have heard me i uh make a common appearance on the bark podcast because I'm obsessed with myself. (laughs) Um, So today I asked Harry if I could do a little special episode on the Bark podcast just because it's coming up to International Women's Day. I can't remember if this one's going to get posted just after or just before, but it's very close to International Women's Day. So um, I decided that I would invite on three very special women that I think have amazing opinions and are very experienced about talking about their experience um, being a woman in the arts department. Um, So a little bit spiel about me, why I'm here. I identify as a woman. (laughs) Um, My pronouns are she, her, um, and I, being the president of Bark Theatre Company, obviously have somewhat of um, an influence in the arts industry, but I also am a uh, drama teacher for high school. So a little part of my influence is going into the kids who may be the actors or directors of the future, fingers crossed, if I'm actually good at my job. Um, but enough about me. Let's, I want to do a big spiel about the other women here today. So I'll start off with someone that we have heard before. Nayoka, can you do a little introduction about you? Hi, I'm Nayoka. You probably heard from me before because I've been on the podcast before. But, whoa, that sounds like Siri. Um, (laughs) but I (laughs) am also identify as a woman. I go by she, her pronouns. Um, I'm 20 and I currently have my bachelor doing arts and in acting and I've always sort of been in the acting world and obviously I volunteer and work for Bark in the marketing department and I'm also currently working as an assistant director for live TV which is very exciting um, and has put me on the other side of the arts world which I haven't usually been in um, and it's a, it's a very different experience but I'm loving it so that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad it's going so well. Um, next up, I'll get Sky. Could you introduce yourself to the podcast? Sure. Uh, my name is Sky, and I, I, I identify as a woman, as a cis woman, and I use she, her um, pronouns. Um, I am Thai Australian, and I currently work um, for local government in the arts department, as well as the uh, as a um, arts marketing professional, um, and I have been a actor and performer and 
all of the above um, in the amateur theatre world for the past 10 years. So that's me. She has. I love working with Sky Amateur <laughs> Theatre. She's been amazing. Um, Meg, could you please introduce yourself to the podcast? Absolutely. Hello. Um, my name is Megan or Meg. I use she, her pronouns and I am an actor. I'm a children's entertainer with a charity and um, like a party fairy. Um, I'm a writer in little air quotes and I am a poster on the Instagram of things that are important to me and that I'm passionate about for my like, you know, however many people who watch them that's what i that's that's me yes yes thank you thank you so much (laughs) it's a pretty good instagram i love it great instagram (laughs) guys i think what's really exciting about all of us joining today is that we all work in the arts industry but very very differently and also like the parts of the art industry that I think when people think of the arts industry don't immediately jump to and maybe you know don't like remember that we're around especially maybe in the pandemic last year that people weren't making as much money unfortunately um but to start off the podcast today because this is for International Women's Day I wanted us to talk a little bit about femininity now Over the years, femininity has had very different meanings and especially different meanings to different people. And so I wanted you guys to share to me, what do you believe femininity is to you? And anyone who wants to jump in first. Um, oh, why not? Okay. Well, I think that femininity has actually evolved a lot from the conventional, um, I mean, you know, traditionally it's all about being a woman and how women do things, but it's, it's not, it's not just that because anyone can be feminine. Um, and I think anyone should at least experience femininity once or, or try it. I think everyone can do it in their own ways every single day. Um, I think what it is, is the, the ability to, feel themselves like be be into your I your body into your mind mm. into your empatheticness you know being that's not a word but you know what I mean like <laughs> I like it being able to like connect to people differently doesn't you know so that you can understand them um and I think that's a beauty that comes with femininity um but yeah, and it should be explored. Yeah, I agree. I love that you said that um, like femininity doesn't have to necessarily be for women. You know, it's yeah. often associated with women, but like anyone of any gender, whether you're male or identify along the non-binary spectrum, genderqueer, etc., like you can mm-hmm. all have aspects of femininity and it might not necessarily always be in the way that you present yourself. Like I love that you talked about, you know, empathy and emotion and like a lot of things about that is a lot, a big part of femininity, even if you don't yeah. like look a certain way. You don't no, need to look me. a certain way, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I definitely think it's more of an energy to be honest. Yeah. You know, like, I grew up mm, in a very, very feminist household where like, being feminine and having feminine qualities was celebrated and like by not only the women in our house but also the men 
And, you know, my mum always used to say to us, femininity was like the goddess living through you. And I love that because I think it's a real like spiritual and energetic thing. And I don't think it's connected to a biological sex at all. So I love that you said that because I totally agree. I think anybody can have femininity. Um, Just like embracing who you are and being comfortable in your own skin and having that courage and being unapologetically yourself, I guess, in the least corny way possible. (laughs) Nah, 100%. Beautiful. You know, when I think a little bit about like my femininity and I think about how a lot, how... I, my expression of that it's like changed a lot over the past maybe how old am I mm. in my mid to, mid 20s over the past like six years you know since I was um, finishing high school training full-time in musical theater and then being out in the world auditioning and stuff and I remember when I was training I felt this sort of this pressure to look and dress a certain way which you know is still is still is still there like the pre- like the thoughts and the pressure is still there but the feeling that I would mm. have to you know I have to wear a dress and a heels and a heels a dress and heels and a heels, mm. and a heels mm. to every audition and you know like always like curl my hair do like always have long hair make sure I didn't you know do anything drastic to it to change to change my look or anything and go into the audition and be sort of like that that presentable whatever version it's not just it's not just like in audition settings it's like throughout life you've got to yeah you get just forced like, into wearing like if you go to a wedding you need to wear a dress and it's like yeah you, I remember being really young and arguing with my mum being like why do I have to wear a dress I don't want to wear a dress I, mean, I don't want to do it but, uh, yeah. but there's um, been something just... beautiful about sorry <laughs> about growing up no. and then like experience like you know being able to choose your own clothing or 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 your own feminist expression because you can one day you might be like I'm really feeling myself in this dress right now Mm. normally I would feel really uncomfortable but today I'm feeling myself and yeah it's about the choice and sort of it feels more like you have autonomy over your decisions rather than someone forcing you into it so like yeah yeah. 100% like I only recently I think I don't know when this was I, I want to say it was sometime in a break of the pandemic so I had um an audition for a music theater audition and for like the very first time I didn't wear what I thought that I was supposed to wear mm-hmm. um I was wearing like my Doc Martens and these like cool pants and a tank top because I was singing something from Jesus Christ Superstar I was singing a Judas song and I was like, Judas is not going to wear, like, that's just, it's just going to feel, <laughs> it's not going to feel right. It's not going to feel good. No. And yeah. I was like really nervous about it. I was like, oh my God, everyone's going to see me in my, my outfit. And, <laughs> you know, I got there and I was like a little bit nervous because a lot of the other um, women or feminine people there were wearing like dresses and heels. But I was like, okay, well, I've made this choice and we're just going to commit to it. Um, mm. But it felt like quite empowering to sort of be able to express that that part of myself in a different way because I find that how you know feminine I'm feeling will oscillate depending on how I'm feeling and like sometimes I love to I like I absolutely love to if I'm just talking about an outward expression I love to dress up and like do my hair and do my makeup and like put on something pretty and go out but also I like to have the choice not to do that yeah 100% I feel like being a teacher I definitely feel the pressure 
to dress more feminine and modest, especially because, you know, you're working Mm. with kids and you're working in an industry that, um, you know, you're kind of expected to look and behave in a certain way. And there's definitely views of having no life outside of teaching, which, you know, is a little bit true. But I'm finding on the weekends I'm trying to dress more masculine or more masculine presenting because I feel just so depraved or sorry, deprived from mm. like having that feeling of just like, you know, being able to dress in the clothes that I want to wear rather than kind of having these like hyper feminine, like lovely, flowy, flowery dresses to look the part of a teacher. So yeah, I completely feel, you know, having that expression and that choice as part of your expression of your gender but expression of you know being female and kind of the the um pressures that are put on us as female to you know perform in a world for other people yeah 100 percent. it's just like this it's this like i don't when i was thinking about you know having the sort of the pressure to dress a certain way i don't know if anyone ever ever like told me that i needed to or if it was just sort of like in the in the zeitgeist in the atmosphere so I just kind of like felt it but then at the same time I always felt like I wasn't a super um like pretty or beautiful or feminine girl woman and then once I booked a gig that was of like a a a girly girl feminine woman I was like oh god what do I do (laughs) what happened (laughs) And so, it's something of... great about how femininity works and the way you can wear something that may not be traditionally feminine, but then something about it makes you feel that way. Like I, I put on this crop top the other week and like really high-waisted pants and I was like, I'm feeling my, my curves, I'm feeling my my hair, I'm feeling my like just this and I feel feminine right now even though it may not may not necessarily be so yeah <laughs> I feel the hair thing I love I don't know if that's weird but yeah. like I yeah. wear the most like the most like masculine in air quotes clothing like and if I have my yeah. hair out and it's just going everywhere I'm like oh this is the hair it's it's doing yeah. it yeah <laughs> Or the no way it hair. flows in the wind, like if oh. you've got the windows down and you're driving just, down a highway. Like, I don't know if you love that this. feeling as much as I do. Love it. But <laughs> it just gives me some kind of feeling. I hate that, it afterwards because uh, it's so tangled. But in the moment. <laughs> true. True. In the moment, it's fantastic. Yeah. Like, um, I'm we've feeling... We've oh. a little bit on this. Yeah. <laughs> We've touched on this a little bit, but I'd love to kind of push the conversation a little bit to how do you try to represent your own femininity in the work that you do in the arts? And for some of us, I know we work more in kind of either admin or more in um, kind of uh, producing or directing rather than maybe the acting side of things always. But I still think there's a place for your femininity in your work. So how do you think that you have done that in your work in the arts? Okay, I have, like, I feel like I have a really new and unique experience on this going into the work that I'm doing now, which, so I'm an assistant director in a TV studio, so I'm not seen at all. I'm behind the scenes in this, like, room with a heap of screens, and it's my voice. It's not at all what I look like. So I went to work this morning, and I wore jeans, Connie's, 
and a large black jumper. <laughs> like, I <laughs> did not, like, dress for people to see me. I dressed because I wanted to be comfortable while I was doing my job. And it's it's also been a very strange experience to go into because I sort of knew this would happen, but I walked into the room and when we go live, I am the only woman in the room. So there's another woman, wow. but she does she does audio. So she's in this room with a closed door and you can't see her. And when everything happens, I'm the only woman in the room. And I'm the assistant director. So I'm the one who's telling everyone what to do. So I'm very clearly the youngest and the most inexperienced and the only woman who's sitting in this room of men yelling at them, telling them what to do and how long we have left and what's next <laughs> and it's it was such a daunting experience because I was like this is so scary and it wasn't necessarily because I was the only woman it was also because you know it's it's a scary job and it's live tv and I don't want to mess up but a huge part of it was the fact that I was like I am the only woman here right now and this is so strange and honestly I went in the first day going what how do I have to dress and I felt weird that that was my first thought, is I was like, how, what is the dress code? Do I have to wear a skirt? Like, do I have to wear nice shoes? Do I have to do my hair and makeup? Because I definitely didn't do my hair and makeup. How um, wild is that? But that's what your brain has, your, your brain goes brain to. Like, to. It's like, what am I wearing? What are, like, am I wearing a skirt or am I wearing pants? Yeah. Guys don't have to think about that. No. 100%. And in the one I was doing oh. today, which is, a women's footy show but the two women that were hosting you know the 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 women that I could see you know were very dressed up and had their makeup and their hair done and their clothes done and um one of the it was actually really interesting to see I don't know if this is a conversation but one of the women is very like masculine presenting she wore a suit and she has like very short hair and the other one was wearing a pink slip dress and had her hair done up all nice and it was very like completely the opposite but both looked mm. so incredible and I was sitting in the Beautiful back in my, contrast. in my black jumper yeah. and like <laughs> my, my hair around these huge headphones going next is this <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was very interesting and also just like great to watch so Brilliant. definitely an interesting point about the makeup as well mm-hmm. like um, I don't think you know like it's funny that I think as women we think our faces aren't professional enough just as our faces yeah. and <laughs> that's such an interesting look that like a guy would never wake up and go is my face professional enough today but yeah as women we might have to do that Meg I saw you open your mouth a little bit I was like were you gonna jump into there I um no I was just like thinking about the feeling of being the only woman in a room is just such Mm. it's such a specific experience and it's it's like it's been it's happened to me I don't even know how many times um and also being the youngest person in the room being being the youngest person in the room being like the newest to whatever is going on and being the only woman in the room is a very specific feeling the trifecta and (laughs) It's, it's the trifecta, get all three. Um, and it's just like sometimes it can just feel like you're expending so much energy trying to figure out how you should react to this situation because you don't want to like, well, I know I like I don't want to come in and make, you know, a thing about how I'm the only woman in the room. 
but also it it does affect the dynamic or it does you know make you feel some type of way because it can feel sometimes if you're in an environment that feels a bit like a boys club like there's a pressure on you to like match that energy even if what's going on doesn't necessarily make you feel very comfortable so then you have to kind of try and remind the other people in the room like we don't have the same experience rein it in you know which is Mm -hmm. like awkward and it's not something you ever want to do but then when you're put in the position where it's either you do that you feel horrible you just kind of have to make a choice and decide just how like uncomfortable you're willing to be in that specific situation and I'm not saying that that's like a constant thing that's happened um you know in the arts or in in work environments but it is definitely something that happens and is something that you as as a woman or as a feminine presenting person, you consider whenever you enter a space, you sort of like check it out. It's like you're like a spy, like a super spy. You walk in and you like survey your surroundings. And you're like, all right, what have I got? What's going on? 100%. I always think that also that's like, like when I'm in those situations and you feel awful, I always like leave and then go, God, like imagine if I wasn't white, which guy you're looking at me like, yeah. <laughs> but also like, or imagine if I was like, if I didn't have an Australian accent, I think, you know, there's a lot of people I know where like, because their accent is strong, you know, people don't take them as seriously. And, you know, because mm. they might, like they, they, they dismiss people in the room and, you know, like uh, maybe Sky, you could talk to this a little bit more than I could. <laughs> I don't want to talk over you at all. But yeah, oh, definitely. No. I could say, Yeah. Oh, well, no, when go, you say accent, I mean, like, it, it, this is a different experience, but my mother, you know, I, I so I've got mm. a Thai mother and an Australian father, and I grew up Australian, and I sound Australian. I don't, like, uh, it's, people get very confused when they see me because I sound so different to how I, like, like, my appearance and my voice to people don't match up. And, it, and I've had experiences where people go, what is going on here? But, um, like, when you're saying, like, people underestimate because of their accent. My mother has a very thick accent. And she has been here for 30-plus years. And she st- has never lost her accent. And she never will. Um, and I think partly she's starting to get lazy because people just underestimate her anyway. So she's just kind of like, ah, oh, well, even though she's a businesswoman and has run m- multitudes of restaurants in her life. Like she has been a businesswoman who has done extremely well for herself. And but she's people fluent underestimate in two languages. And like, she's fluent oh in God. two languages. Um, I think that's the craziest part. Like to be yeah, able to be a business person in another country in itself. Say. Sorry? Mm. Being fluent in two languages is a lot more than most people can say. Like, Yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. It's fun being able to speak more than one language, I'll tell you. But <laughs> yeah. just, just, just listening to how quickly people, like, mimic her voice. And, mm. I mean, I, I, my bro- I'll admit, bro- my, my brothers and I mimic her accent to her a bit because... Sometimes it's funny to us, but I understand where the problem is in that. But, um, <laughs> like, when people underestimate her, it's just hilarious to watch them go, wait, hang on, what have you just done? 
and she's just walked all over them because they just didn't notice what she was talking about. And it, it, yeah. But in terms of the arts, I have a different experience because, um, yeah. Uh, I have a majority like women in our thing, but most most of them, and for a long time, I was the only person of color for ages for a very long time until recently mm. and there are males so now we have a, a a male person of color right now um in our team but it, it's quite interesting seeing how like our programming works whenever we want to put shows on for our department um even though we have so many female femme people who are in positions of power the men's voices get heard before the females and it's very mm. it's crazy because considering my boss 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 like the thing with local government and it works in like you have a boss and then you have a boss who has a boss and then a boss and the boss and it just goes up like that and my mm. big boss is a female um and it's quite wild seeing everyone below her who are male and everyone seeming to gravitate to their word. And um, and when they are being questioned, how quickly the female voices get squashed. Um, mm. Even though they are saying the exact same thing already, or they were saying something and then they're essentially just repeating it, but apparently we're going to listen to the, to the male. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's quite, it's quite like stark how quickly we listen to the male voices before the female voices in the arts department, like in the mm. arts. Um, even though we're doing or thinking or saying the same thing. 100%. Or better most of the time. Um, I can relate to that a lot, like working in a profession that is a predominantly female-driven career, right? Like the the mm. I can't remember the lot like the latest percentage. The last time I looked at it, it was like seventy percent of all teachers are women, but yeah. for principals, the majority are male by like a lot, like by like ninety percent. Mm. And I think mm. that is absolutely insane. That you know, like with an industry that is mostly like, you know, worked and run and organized by women that the people who get to make the decisions and those who are in charge are predominantly men. And I remember in some of my first weeks of teaching both on placement and, you know, both at, you know, my schools I work at now, I remember like, you know, if I ever clashed with a guy in the profession, like another teacher or a leader or anything like that, that I was like, I disagree with their opinion or, you know, I feel like they're not treating me with respect and I'd come home and, you know, maybe have a bit of a rant to my friends or family and be like, you know, God, you know, this person's driving me up a wall or this person, like, I just want to do this and they won't let me. And the men in my life will often say, well, you should have told them this or you should have said to them, no, well, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, I can't do that. As soon as I do that, I get labeled and sorry, Harry, you're going to have to bleep this, I guess, but as a bitch or, you know, as someone who 
yeah, hysterical or emotional. And I have to be yeah. so careful about how I deliver what I want. And, yeah. you know, you know, then like, like people go, you know, women need to stop apologizing hundred percent. But at yeah. the end of the day, and- if I want people to listen to me. I have to yeah. be like, I'm so sorry for bothering you. I just have this like, yes. point that I want to yes. message you about or they won't take me seriously or give me the time of day. Sing and that's really me. infuriating. <laughs> and like how yeah. how it seems as though a lot of the men in our lives will start, like even if you're bringing it up, they'll start with defending the, the man. Yeah. It's like, well, well you're not looking know. at it at this point. It's like, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. We're just, let me just... You're doing exactly what that person's doing now. Like, do you see mm-hmm. what the problem is here? Um, you're, you're also essentially gaslighting me when I'm talking about this situation. So was that okay, Ash, yeah. that I said that? Cool. <laughs> yeah. but No, that's but, fine. No, yeah, 100%. I think um, – Meg, you said one thing that I thought was like really good point is like they often go, you know, oh, but they didn't know. They didn't know that yeah. that was wrong. And you're like, so? Okay, like, well, <laughs> they're 47, so they should. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's not in my job description to explain how to be a respectful human being to someone. Like that's not, it's not, it's not what I'm about. It's not the vibe, as they say on the TikTok. I... <laughs> Like, the, I've had experiences in my life. Did not pass the vibe check. Did, did not pass the vibe check. Experiences, just even in my, like, um, children entertaining job when, like, dads have just sort of spoken at me or do the one where they, like, look at your eyes for one second then just glance up and down looking at your, your tatas of sorts. And it's like... I I just I'm looking after your child. I'm yeah. I'm. Are you okay, sir? Do you need a glass of water? What's happened? I don't <laughs> Do you like need a glass of water. <laughs> just I don't. I, again, it's it's you. These it's like you know what you're doing is bad. You know that. You know that in the back of your mind that how you're talking to me or how you're looking at me or how you're treating at me is not respectful. And if you and you would not do it to another man, so why are you doing it to me? Absolutely. 100%. I don't know about you guys, but um, something that in particular makes me really frustrated working in the arts, especially like in amateur theatre, um, is the fact that men don't realise that women have to work twice as hard to get a role as they do, just because there's so many more women than men who want to work or who want to, you know, be in amateur theatre. And so, you know, I, I always get frustrated at the kind of privilege that they have of being asked to be in a role or asked to be in an ensemble and kind of you know the standards of talent that are different you know I've um predominantly a dancer before anything else but I do like sing and I do act as well obviously in musical theater you need to be able to do them all but um Mm -hmm. you know being a dancer like I've trained for years and years and years and every time I go to a dance audition I'm up against you know some of the most amazing dancers who can do you know triple pirouettes in a row and these like amazing tricks and then the guys can like step and clap and will get the position wow and so it just drives me insane or even like Jasmine. like I know that I my singing is like not the highest standard it could be like that's why I'm in amateur theater and not professional theater but um 
you know, like I just know so many guys whose singing is not remotely up to par of what it needs to be to even be in an ensemble. And yet because they want to be there, they get in. And I think there's like this, but they don't have that understanding that how hard women are working to get into those positions. And I just think that always the frustrates allowances me. we make, yeah, that I would say, amateur theater makes for for men. Mm, I would uh, say that I that don't think that's make. just in. I don't think it's just in um, amateur. No, I yeah, yeah, you are right. <laughs> the allowances we make for men just are. Uh, just in general. That is why, you know, the, and that they make for themselves is, like, a factor as to why they're so privileged. Like, mm-hmm. it's just painful as hell to just constantly watch them get everything <laughs> that they haven't yeah. worked for or they haven't deserved really. Yeah, it's one of the, the first things they sort of drill into you when you start performing is that there will be ten – um women for every one role there will be absolutely two two guys for every five roles for them yeah you know it's because it you know and that's its own set of issues as to why often boys don't feel comfortable performing in the arts and this that and the other but that's a a separate and very nuanced conversation but it is something that is drilled into it's like you will have to be the best the better than the best to get a shot, your colleague might not have to be. Yeah. They shall simply attend. <laughs> I think too that that like like you said a whole other conversation, but I think it, it really relates to this as well, is that, you know, men don't go into musical theatre because it's seen as feminine. You know, like it's not seen as a traditionally masculine industry. It is seen as feminine to sing, dance and act, which is very sad because if any like female who's attracted to men will know that if a man can dance well, you're like, hell yeah, that's attractive. (laughs) You're like, oh my God, a man can't dance. You're like, what are you doing? Why are you standing there? Uh, I mean, I married one. Yeah, you just go. But... But yeah, no, hundred percent. If a man can dance, you're like, damn, that's that's pretty sick. But yeah, it's seen as this really yeah. feminine thing, and that is why they don't go into the industry. And I think, like, not to you know, make it such like as a homogeneous experience of all men in the musical industry, but like. I think some do kind of have this like weird pride about them of like, oh, but I'm better than other men because I look past the fact that this is a feminine industry and I still yeah. want to be here. And I'm yeah. like, okay. And see it as an opportunity to become attractive, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, and, I, and I hate that I'm, I'm saying this. It's just that unfortunately I've, I've, I've heard people say this. Go, yeah. oh yeah, I'm doing theatre because there's more girls in theatre, or or any yeah, kind like of when I was any kind of sport or dance or uh, cheerleading or you know things that are traditionally mostly women or femme based. They do it so that they can appear attractive, and it's it's quite yeah, like when quite I was gross in, high school, in some ways. Because I went to an all-girls school and we would do a musical when we were in senior school. We would do it with – there are a couple, like, all-boys schools around that would all (laughs) – would steal all the boys and be like, please, come. And, like, half of them 
yeah, half of them were like, oh, I'm only here because I want to meet girls to take to my yeah. formal. And I'm like, oh, I want to be a star on <laughs> <in> Broadway. <laughs> but I do think you're right. Like, it's not just that they think, oh, you know, like, I get to meet girls. They know, and it's true, it does happen. Like, the most average nice guy will walk into musical theater and like girls are like oh I have such a crush on them because yeah because their like experience of men have put Mm. their bar Mm. so low you know the amount of people Mm. that I know who like girls just fawn over because they're like yeah Yeah. you know what I think women do deserve rights and the girls are like oh my god I love (laughs) it (laughs) we love the (laughs) best I see this but but yeah. the way that Ash just grabbed her chin <laughs> yeah. and did like a head shake, just just try and imagine that when you hear this. Yeah, yeah. And but it's, it's just true. But I want to I want to like go on the on the arts for men that I feel bad about because there are situations where, like, in certain areas, guys are not encouraged to, even though they mm. want to, and like I I, I have a. I have a darling uh, uh, husband who I don't think he ever would have, but he appreciated it. And I think he kind of got a little bit made fun for liking theatre because he grew up a, th- a footy boy. And, you know, I, there's there's a stigma behind the footy boy thing, whereas, yeah, you know, he never really got to go and enjoy, you know, musical theatre the way he could yeah, have. Yeah, 100%. Or since since um, meeting me, I guess. And I just feel bad for the guys that want to but don't get to. So I honestly think yeah. that that's um, like an because overall of the stigma. experience, though. I don't – like, I get that yeah. it might be for men more, but I think it happens to women as well. Like, I was – mm. I was across all the boards, right? I did everything. And yeah. <laughs> so I was – I did a lot of sport, and I also did a lot of theatre, and I did a lot of mm. science, and it was – but they were all very separate. I was one of mm. the only people that did sport and theatre in my, like, area of sport. Yeah. Like, the netballers that I was all friends with, they were all netballers. They were all sport yeah. people. And none of them did theatre. And it was weird. And, uh, like, I was different to them. And I was often, like, a little bit outcast from them because I was an actor and I sung and I did other things and I was in the musical at high school and it was it was a Mm. bit weird like I I don't like I understand that it is like a bit of a stigma for men but I do honestly think that women get a bit of it as well which is so disappointing oh yeah yeah, 100% you can't be it's almost like it's just a a very high school musical it's it's very (laughs) status quo Dancing yeah. and acting is so great. Like, just like we enjoy just it. need, yeah, we just need Zach Efron to just, just run out and start singing and, and tell yeah. us all to go do it all. Do I'd it love all. to um, draw yeah. the conversation. Oh, sorry, you go keep going, Meg first. No, I was just awesome? thinking about Zach Efron. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to to draw the conversation a little bit to a positive. 
Um, well, it might it might be a negative if you'd like to put some more, you know, nuance on it, I guess. But I wanted you to tell me a little bit about the um, support you've got from other women in working in the arts industry. Maybe you have got a lot of support. Maybe that's a great thing for you. Maybe maybe you've had the opposite. Maybe some women haven't always been the best support. I'd love to know what your opinion on that is. Do you know what? Can I? Okay, so is this, I don't know if this is a universal experience with auditions, but do you ever like walk into an audition and, you know, the women are sitting there, they're reading their scripts and you walk in and you sit there and you go like, oh, like, hi, like, how you doing? Like, you know, you try to make conversation and people are so scary. They like completely blank you and they're like, why are you talking to me? You are not on my level. Get to just, and I'm, I'm sitting there like, Okay, that's yeah. Oh no, there is definitely those kind of girls out there. Oh, (laughs) that makes me so sad. And sometimes they're like, "Oh yeah, like I'm going for this role or whatever." But I have had multiple experiences where I've gone into an audition and I have felt so intimidated. And part of me is like, "That's what they're trying to do." I I get it, but at the same time, I'm like, "This is really, really scary. It's so cold." in this like a little tiny audition room mm. but that makes me so sad i think I don't know especially like... i have similar experiences Nayaka, okay. i completely understand <laughs> but it's there's also fascinating when that happens but, it's yeah. fascinating when that happens in amateur theater because i think yeah. you know people like People are so obsessed with being the best and it's like, guys, it's amateur theatre. We're here because it's a <laughs> hobby. Like, I, I just enjoy dancing with some mates. Isn't this a good time? Like, a learning five, some six, harmonies. Seven, eight, yeah. And you're just like, and then they're all like, no, I'm here because this is my serious. star debut. I want to win a liar bird. Or you're like, okay, who cares? Like, I'm here because I just want to hang out <laughs> okay. with some people. But, so no, I think that's across I the board. I just want to make some friends. Women. <laughs> yeah 100% yeah so is, is this vibe that um is this like the vibe that you're talking about do you find it mostly in um amateur audition spaces or like sort of across across everything yeah it's like a little bit across everything it's definitely more like professional based stuff like it's more mm. like film and television rather than theater mm. I've found but there was a couple of, like, bigger theatre things. But in amateur theatre, they all seemed just lovely. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> um, But also a lot of the amateur theatre stuff I've done is through, like, university. Mm. And they're all... So you know everyone. ...pretty supportive and, you know, it's a yeah. theatre group. And everyone there thing. knows they're just there for theatre. Yeah, they're just there <laughs> just for theatre. They know why they're there and they want to be there for that fun and great experience. But... You know. Sky, could you talk a little bit about um, kind of like women's solidarity, maybe a little bit with Grover Theatre Company? Sure. Um, I, well, I'm the secretary, so it's pretty wonderful having a group of humans who are there to back you um, and we're all you know, all got fem energy and we're all um, really encouraging of each other to, to, to go out of our comfort zone and like try and explain to us, like 
uh, from experience of people have gone, you know, you actually can do this. The The problem is, is that you're stuck in your own head. And, and I feel that way. It, it goes always when, when we do that, um, you know, it having, having all of this really encouraging, strong women and otherwise people in one group, um, pushing each other to, to do, to, you know, do the theater, do it, do it because you want to do it because you feel good about it because you can do it because you, you're talented. Like that has been an experience, um, that I only got within the past, I don't know, like six years, seven years. Um, before that it was, it was like very much being pitted against each other. So since being with this group of, of incredible humans, it's just been an eye-opening situation where you can just try. For, just um, try. So. For just some reference to listeners, um, Grover Theatre Company is a southeast-based theatre company run by the amazing Hannah Bird. Go check it out if you haven't. Sky and I both volunteer for this company, and that's where I know I got my start in you know being involved in the amateur theatre world. Um, it's in the past been run predominantly by women. Now we have a lot more gender queer, gender fluid, non-binary people who also work within our company as well. Um, mm. But still, like we've always really pushed this amazing kind of look at you know having it run by females and like directed by like a a lot of our shows in the past have been directed or choreographed by a lot of females like our production team have been the majority either female um or non-binary or genderqueer um which has been really amazing space where people have started like i know something that i love about grover and that i would like really want to push more at bark because i just see it work so amazingly at grover is their ability to check in with people and make sure the rehearsal space is safe before every rehearsal and mm-hmm. make sure that, you know, people's emotions are both, you know, bringing in a positive energy but checking in with those who maybe are at a lower point. And I think that's just such an incredible thing that yeah. – and I, and I don't want to stereotype men, but I do believe that it has become from – a place of femininity more than in a masculine yeah. space where those aspects may not have been considered as much. Um, and I know that that's something that I really look to. So um, if you want to check out Grover, have a look, GTC, because um, it's absolutely amazing. And Hannah has done an amazing job running that company. Yeah, so, we're very proud. Very, yeah. very proud of that of that little group, group yeah. of humans. <laughs> how about um you Meg how have you found working with other women in this industry in particular um you know what now I'm like thinking about it and thinking about the sort of like audition waiting room space I think I feel like there's been a very definitive shift whether it's sort of like a all over the board or if it's sort of just in my mind a shift between sort of feeling like we're pitted against one another into feeling like go do your best sing an an amazing song if we both get cut let's go get brunch afterwards (laughs) which I love that (laughs) which we love you know is the vibe is great yeah 
and like when I first when I first started out and first started auditioning professionally, I was like stressed, stressed <laughs> with nice. the little like star emojis next to them. Like it's just not. It, like it's always a stressful experience. Even now, I just started like um, not just started, but you know, in person, for, like first round auditions have sort of started back again. And I'm truly just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but the vibe I feel is so much more like welcoming and warmer than it was, I think, maybe like five, six years ago. Um, and I think that is because there is like a slow and steady change and shift in the industry as a whole. And there's a lot more like there's a lot more sort of... Um, policies and practices being put into place in companies to make sure people are safe and to make sure people are taken care of. And I would totally agree with the, you know, the, um, that energy of checking in on the rehearsal room. I was working on a show for most of last year, which was rescheduled due to Miss Rona, um, <laughs> three times, um, oh, which will hopefully, which will, hopefully happen at some point I have I have all the faith in the world and it was just such a different rehearsal room experience for me the majority of the cast um were women or non-binary or genderqueer um our director and producer were both women and the space I was like the vibes the vibes are so high (laughs) um and I had I had a kissing scene with another actor and we had so much conversation before it. There was so much conversation. And we were like, all right, we're only going to do this like three times because, you know, we basically just want to get the choreography of this right. We want to, you know, make sure you are both feeling comfortable. Mm. Um, let's talk about each other's boundaries. Where are you okay with being touched? Where are you not okay with being touched? How are you feeling today? And I was like, this is very nice. Thank you. Yeah. Whereas- That's definitely how we approach our theatre yeah like yeah now, like to, to like that that's the only way that things should be done now really if, if you're not if that's not happening have a conversation yeah, oh, you hear the horror stories of like <laughs> actors who were like surprised in a scene when an actor just yeah. kissed them and then the actor's like oh the well told me to do it oh my yeah. god is that something that happened that's horrific. <laughs> that's um, not okay in an acting class so not even in a rehearsal in an acting class oh no my scene partner just kissed me at the end of the in the end of the scene um haha I had a cold at the time so <laughs> but still like yeah that's horrific. so not and okay you know, and you know I make a joke about it because you know what else am the I audacity. supposed to do yeah but it's uncomfortable you know like, it is uncomfortable I think people think you know it, it, they almost see it as this romantic kind of gesture of like oh but you know because you didn't expect it it, it had like a nuance to the scene and you're like no I can no. act that I'm an actor if you want me to act surprise I can act surprise you don't I am to kiss the me actor. and shock me you know I think that's I think it's absolutely horrific that any director or any actor thinks that that's appropriate ever absolutely. in a scene yeah, and it's it's just like, and it doesn't make for, and this is not the most important reason, but just from a purely, you know, thinking about creating good work, it doesn't make good work because if your other actor is surprised by where you touch them or kiss them, they're going to look surprised. And if they're not supposed to, 
it's yeah. it's not going to make for something for something good. And so then to have had that experience, you know, when I was like 19 versus yeah. oh. um, now when I'm not 19 and having this like really beautiful, inclusive, warm space where everyone's made to feel really comfortable. Everyone feels really comfortable, you know, talking about where they are that day and sort of what they need and also yeah. feeling the sort of safety to reach out and be like, today is not the day for me. Mm. Perhaps we do it next week and not feeling scared yeah. that, like, you're going to get fired or, you know, you're going to get in trouble. Yeah, 100%. Um, just wrapping up conversation a little bit, I thought I'll lead into one last question that I thought would be really lovely to kind of end this podcast today. Um, I'd love you all to tell me who is the woman in your life that you would like to shout out for being maybe a mentor or a support or an influence in your life. Doesn't have to be someone you know, could be maybe someone in the media, um, but any woman in your life that you would like to shout out for being an amazing support or influence or mentor. <laughs> all of my humans are G2C, <laughs> uh, which includes Ash. <laughs> so uh they we're all in varying different ages ash being the baby yes but um i feel as though i'm constantly mentored and uh, and encouraged to grow so from from that i gtc humans you know that i love you um thank you for teaching me (laughs) and yeah educating me 100 percent any of you guys, Nerika or Meg? I would like to shout out my mum because she has always been a huge, a huge mentor and support. She taught me to stick up for myself. She taught me to go after what I wanted. She used to breastfeed me in board meetings. She's like <laughs> what a legend. legend. The OG. She, yeah, wonderful. My dad as well, but my mum, you know, really taught me to stick up for myself which is really important i think i think i will also shout out my mother if any anybody who knows my mom and if you know beth you know beth she's a very powerful woman and she's She's very powerful very powerful woman she's the ceo of a company (laughs) and she does so much and you know also works at the school and does childcare and yada yada my dad was the house house husband but um Mom so is mine. Such a, yeah, it's such a good dynamic. I love it. But um, my mum is a truly wonderful person and has always encouraged me to do what I want to do and pursue a career in the arts. So thank her. Oh, and Emma Watson. Why not? And Emma yes, Watson. Emma Watson. She's just a fantastic woman. Yes. <laughs> she's always influenced Aww. me in my life. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um. I'm the same as you guys. I've got a hundred women in the world who I think mm. are amazing. The GTC people who identify as women, great. All those who don't identify as women, also incredible. Love them all. Mm-hmm. Um, all the women at Bark who work really hard are amazing women that I really look up to as well. Um, I would also have said my mum, but she doesn't listen to this podcast, so shame on her. Let's Damn shame it, Marcia. Marcia. Listen Marcia to Janky. the podcast. Marcia. <laughs> listen ma- to the your, podcast. Your daughter does so much. Um, all the amazing women who put their lives into politics, I commend all of them, even if mm. they have different political beliefs to me, because being a woman in politics is horrific. So congratulations Cinder to them for giving it a go. 100%. Great women. We love them. Mm. Um, 
Alrighty, so I first of all wanted to say thank you so much guys for coming on this podcast. This has been absolutely amazing to talk to you all. You've all put in such amazing insights and nuances to this conversation and I am so, so privileged to be a part of this conversation today. So thank you for taking your time out of your day to be here. Before we go, was there anything that you guys would like to shout out? Instagram, a show coming up, anything you like. Sky, was there anything you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, uh, come and see Dear uh, like Love and Other Stuff uh, from G2C. I am co-directing with the amazing Hannah Bird. Um, we've got some amazing humans, so please come and check it out in July. Love it. Meg, got anything to promote? Um, if you would like to follow me on the Instagrams, I'm at Gray. I post all of my work stuff there, plus like being very silly and also a lot of like body positive activism stuff. So come and come hang out. She will Sometimes be tagged I like screaming. So Amazing. Sometimes I scream into the void and sometimes it's fun it's for people to scream back at <laughs> me. It's a good vibe. Nairika, <laughs> as always, would you like to shout anything? I mean, bark-wise, just, you know, audition for the importance of being earnest. You're going to love it. It's a great team mm. it's got going on and obviously we don't have a cast yet, but we'd love to see your auditions. Please, please audition. Please audition. Um, and then <laughs> finally, follow us at Bark Theatre on everything. It's Facebook, Instagram. Um, I think we have a, a, a um, TikTok. I couldn't think of what the thing was called. Um, so we're on everything. Make sure you follow us. We have a website if you want to check out our website as well. Um, I promise in the next episode, Owen and Harry will be back. Um, but thank you for joining us today, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.